Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. The movie featured uh, this week, Groundhog Day, because tomorrow's Groundhog Day. I probably should have guessed that if I had just kept up with the random Hallmark holidays. I don't know if that's a Hallmark holiday, actually. The random holidays. I don't even know what Groundhog Day is in terms of the holiday hierarchy. Nobody even talks about Groundhog Day. I think it's big in Pennsylvania. It's a regional thing, then. Huh? Yeah, I think it's. Okay. And then it grew yeah. bigger, but right. yeah, I don't. Okay. I mean, I guess back in the day when watching rodents decide what our weather was going to be was big TV. <laughs> hey, man, that was big back in the day. Like the almanacs were big back then. Yeah, I think Bucky's still using an almanac. Hey, that's why he took this week off. Hey, you know what? Well done. Well done, Bucky <laughs> Godbolt. Because I don't want to think about Bucky slipping on ice like Craig Way did. Craig Way slipped on ice outside of this building three separate times. Oh, it was now slippery out there. He has a, a, I don't know, some type of uh, protuberance on his elbow. Yeah. Come on now. He does, right? It's, uh, I, I heard him talking about it today. It swole up on him a little bit. He had to ice it down. It's failed three times. I'm talking about like the Three Stooges style. Yeah. He, he it, said nobody saw him. He was he, just luckily nobody saw him. No, it was bad out there yesterday. It was and bad. It's, it's bad, bad today. today. Yeah. But it's like, bad today. Yeah. It's when we leave the office, it's a little bit scarier because you can't see. You can't see the ice. That's a yeah. good point. Now you can see it. Really, the biggest concern now is the falling debris because yeah. of all of the the ice that's accumulated on the trees. And now, oh, man, it's heartbreaking. First of all, some people, there's, there's debris falling on people's houses and their like, fences and cars, and that's horrible, too, because that's going to be a pain in the butt, you know, to, to get fixed. Uh, but also, man, think about all these beautiful trees that are never going to recover. Yeah. I know it's a weird thing to think about. I know I'm a hippie. I'm a tree, tree, <laughs> tree hugging hippie. Said something like that. But you think about these beautiful trees that yeah. are never going to recover from this. And I remember that from the last snow vet, like the last freeze, and it was so sad because some people's trees, you, you live in the same neighborhood I do. Yeah. Never recovered. No. They never came back. No, I had a buddy who had a palm tree in his yard, and he was so sad. Oh. He had to cut it down, never recovered. Right? It's so And I, was, I, I know a lot of these trees are never going to recover. Some people are going to end up making a uh, fortune off of this freeze, and oh, it's yeah. not their fault. But if you're a collision repair, of your fence repair, roof repair, and tree trimming, tree trimming, and yeah, tree limb removal. Yeah, I, you I, are we, probably gonna end there, up. There was a guy rich. driving around earlier, <laughs> driving around, taking pictures of all the trees oh. down. there, and he's like, "Oh, this yeah, guy, get you some pamphlets ready, ready to get his estimates out." And you know what? I mean, hell, tell with estimates, man. You can <laughs> you can name your price pretty much because people are gonna want. Like, here's some advice: people are in the 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 tree trimming and tree limb removal business, add an express fee to it. 
because people are going to want it right now and say, yeah. listen, we can put you high up on the priority list, but you, we must add an express fee. And people were like, add it. Yo, add the express fee. Yeah. I need this damn tree removed off of my gate that is blocking my driveway or whatever it is. I'm or, you. or you could be like me, and I'm guessing me and my roommate have our weekend plans ready. <laughs> that we about to <laughs> remove the trees from our yard. <laughs> you can go, you know what? This is when it matters to know your neighbors. All right. Remember one of our one of our lessons we were supposed to learn from last snow was get to know your neighbors. Yeah, all right. Go knock on the door, get to know them, at least know their name, at least have their number or information so that you can exchange. Hey, I need some help with this. Hey, can you help me turn my water off? Whatever. This is when you need able bodied men. All right. Multiple to help you mo- remove tree limbs from your property, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we'll get the chainsaw out. We'll be good to go. I used a chainsaw during Snowbit, and it during this time it was very dangerous. There was I, it, I had a tree limb land on top of the car. Oh. In yeah. Westlake. And the car is parked in such a, such a way where I could only have to chop it up literally while on top of the car, Jeez. so that you know we could remove it because it was it was huge and we could it was so it was too big you couldn't even push it off uh, with multiple people out there. But it was also icy. Oh, dude, you're talking about you're talking about a challenge that basically could have ended in me losing a limb or my life, having to use a chainsaw on a on an on icy, an icy road or an icy surface. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna wait till this weekend. <laughs> yeah, There's no, gonna be a trees in our it, yard until was, this weekend. Oh man, your boy. Oh yeah, it was uh, my manhood. I had to had to summon it. <clears throat> had to we summon already it. had to deal with this earlier this year. There was a tree. The garbage truck caught one of our trees. Oh yeah, and ripped I've a tree branch oh, out. Oh, I've seen that. And yeah, smashed in my my roommate's girlfriend's car. <gasps> what? Yeah, it wasn't too bad, but it it did. Oh, who do you call about that? Can you call the city about yeah, that? you do. What do they say? You had a neighbor across the street with a ring camera. Oh, nice. Ready to go. That's what I'm talking about. I yeah. like that. That's when you got to get to know your neighbor. Exactly. Say, that's what I'm talking about. Mr. Rogers. We got the guy style. across the street. He's a cool dude. Yeah. The guy across the street. Yeah. Mr. Rogers. There you go. I've heard I- stories about some of the other ones, but I know the guy across the street. <laughs> we all know our weird neighbors and our cool neighbors. By now, you should know the weird and the cool ones. But either way, you should know the weird ones and the cool ones. You should know uh, them all. I will tell you. I will tell you what one of them, what I've told this, what I've heard the stories is, and I will tell you in the break because it is not suitable for air. Oh, I want to know because he might be my neighbor too. <laughs> we live very close to one another, so I want to know about this weird, strange neighbor. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Tom Brady. Uh, oh, I think we all wish Tom Brady was our neighbor. If you're Tom Brady's your neighbor, you're doing really well. Uh, but Tom Brady, uh, actually outside, I assume this was outside of one of his houses or something. He was actually on the beach at the time. And, oh, I think my Patrick actually has this sound, too. I mean, you have audio on this yes, Tom Brady thing? I do. This is amazing. We don't have power here. And Patrick, I don't know how the hell he did we it. We had <laughs> internet for about 20 minutes. Exactly. It came back on, and I was able to pull all this sound for you. See, I have no idea how he did that. We had for 20 minutes, and then he pulled the sound. Uh, so Tom Brady, earlier today, he, I think he was just, you know, in the moment. And it wasn't a big, uh, elaborate announcement. He decided on a beach somewhere uh, to sit down on some rock on a beach and announce to the world that the GOAT was done once and for all. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you 
for supporting me. My family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever, there's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. All right, there it is. He seemed to get a little emotional at the end, uh, which I don't know, brings it more credibility. That seemed to be authentic, that it's a genuine article that Tom Brady is retiring once and for all. And let's attack this from so many different angles. We can hit his, we can hit the goatness uh, here in a second because obviously there's a lot of different ways you can approach the goatness of one Tom Brady. Okay, so him and Giselle aren't together anymore. So I'm gonna I'm gonna approach it from the relationship angle first. He's done after one year. He needed because one year ago today was his other announcement that he was retiring. Him and Giselle were still together. He decided to come back. Giselle famously, you know, decided, hey, uh, I'm done. If you want to play uh, the game and you value that over what I value, then we don't need to be together. Everybody has been in relationships. You know, hey, it gets hard. The fit hits the shan. <laughs> it gets real. It gets real, real quick. And they got kids, too. So I'm just hoping that, you know, they work it out and they're great at co-parenting, whatever. Uh, but, man, now I'm a little upset at both Giselle and Tom. They couldn't wait it out? Neither one of you can wait it out. It was one year. She couldn't wait it out for one year. Tom, it was one, you did that for one year? But you, you, but you, you gave it up for one year? You saw what this year was. I don't think he thought it was one year he, last year. He didn't. Yeah, I don't know. If he, he didn't think it was going to be this bad, I think, either. Like they, it's his first losing season that he's ever had as a starting quarterback. You got to yeah. go back to like his, his days before a high, his high school starting days before he had a season as a, a, a starter where he had a losing season. So that, I, I, this is my theory on this. This is my theory, Patrick, as a man. I'm a man. Okay. I'm coming at it as a, from, a, from a perspective of a man. Because I think I have a few things in common with Tom Brady. Very few. Very few. One is I'm a man. <laughs> and, and one of the other things is uh, I played pro ball, and I've said to you guys on this airways the same thing that Tom Brady said on his Tom versus Time documentary or docu-series when he said, football's my first love. My wife and kids got to deal with that. Yeah. I told you guys that before. I said, football's my first love. My wife knows that. She knows that football's my first love. I, I try not to ever have to make that choice and choose a football over my wife. That's obviously ridiculous. I'm not going to try to do that. I, I don't play professional football anymore. Um, but she knows how much I love the game. So she'll never trivialize that. How much, how, you know what I mean? Me watching Texas football games three, four different times, you know what I mean? A weekend. She's not going to trivialize. She knows that I'm devoted to it. It's my craft. And she knows how much I love the game. Um, I've told her the story. It was my first love. For Tom Brady, that's a, his first love, too. And so I think there are two things that, as to why maybe even after just one year, even though I'm upset with both Tom and Giselle for not waiting that out, why Tom and Giselle still decided to go their separate ways. Because for her, I think she could never, she thought at one point, and some women do this, at one point Tom will choose me. Yeah, over the game. Like he's the, I know he says he loves the game. I know he told me that, but at one point he will decide, you know, to choose me over the game. And that was her. I think her ultimatum. She drew a line to say she was like, okay, this is it. You, you've won all the shit. You're the goat. You said, you said, hey, baby, I want to be the greatest of all time. And now everybody I talk to, they say you're the greatest of all time. So you've accomplished that. We've accomplished that. So now choose me over the game and Tom still didn't 
<laughs> and it was insulting to her. She's like, hold up. So you, you're not, it's not about being the GOAT anymore. You are the GOAT and you're still choosing the game. He's like, yeah, it's the game. I love the game. I'm not giving up the game until I got to give up the game. Yeah. And I think for her, that was a violation of the highest order. She was like, so it wasn't about being the GOAT. It was just, it was always, I was always second. Yeah. I was always, and he's like, and yeah. And I'll always be second. And he's like, yeah, you are. I, what are you even talking about? But you should, no no person is above you, but just this relationship I have with this game, and I don't think she wants to accept that. Number two, and I, because I, I, I think men are, at times can be cowards, and I know this for a fact because I've been there too, men hate breaking up with women. They do. Even if they know it's over and they know it's best for everybody involved, men hate to do the breaking up. A lot of times, most times, women are breaking up with the men, and the man is sabotaging their relationship. And man, she's like, oh, man, why is he acting different? Oh, he's an a-hole, or why is he cheating? He's sabotaging the relationship because he ultimately wants her to have enough self-respect to break up with him. So he'll just start acting like an a-hole or start cheating or start doing something, you know, that duplicitous or underhanded, whatever it may be. There's a theory, at least it's my theory, that maybe he was sabotaging the relationship with Giselle, that he wanted out. And that's why he only needed one more year. Because once she was out, he's like, all right, I mean, I'm done. I'm done playing the game and I'm out of that relationship. And whether it was conscious or subconscious, I think he sabotaged it. He didn't want to have to do it the old-fashioned way and sit her down and go, I, I don't want this. This is, this is not what I want. I don't want to be in this relationship. I, want, I love my kids and I love you. I think you're great. You're amazing. But I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. I, ugh, I just I don't want to be in it. Uh, I'm done. I don't really. That's a hard conversation to have with the mother of your children and your wife. And most men are not trying to have that conversation, even if they're unhappy. And even if they don't want to be in a relationship anymore, they don't want to have. They'd rather sabotage, saboteur. They'd rather sabotage it. And then she will recognize him sabotaging the relationship and go, oh, you did this. You violate the trust. I'm breaking up with you. That's I'm just giving you a little insight into men. Hopefully your woman ain't listening because the roads are frozen and she ain't listening. But that's the truth. And men know that. And I think you could argue this was Tom Brady sabotaging their relationship and going, yeah, I want out. She'll, she'll definitely have enough respect for herself to pull out the relationship once I choose football again over her. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more, I would put it more in that he's an addict. And not like an addict, but like <laughs> he's addicted to football. He's addicted to that doing that and waking up in the morning and working out and doing that. Fair. And if you're an addict of something, it takes a while to stop being an addict of it. And if you see the stuff that reports that he went to, like, starting near the end of the season, it was like, well, he's staying in Tampa Bay. Like, it's either Tampa Bay or bust. Mm-hmm. And I think that was his way of being like, well, if I do that, I don't want to come back here. So if I say I'm done with – I'm I'm only going – I can only play football in Tampa Bay for the rest of my career. And then I – I have to pick between that instead of, hey, man, here's this really good offer to go to the Raiders or I can go to San Francisco and play for a title. I can, if you whittle it down to that, then he just goes, well, now the choice is a lot easier and I can convince myself that I don't need this anymore. But if you look at it that way and then the Giselle's just like, yeah, you're an addict. You're addicted to football. And it's not going to change because you signed that Fox deal. And I know you, you're going to be researching that Fox deal the entire week. You're going to be breaking down film and going through it, and you're going to leave the day early to make sure you're there and you can get extra interview time in. and every like. So you're still not going to be here. Yeah. No, I'm with you. That's a great point, the addict thing. Because I know I'll add to your addict uh, theory. Um, I called it a competitive sickness. So maybe it's not football he's addicted to, like MJ, right? Michael Jordan famously you know he's he, he's the most he's the ultimate yeah. competitor, and even when he wasn't, even when he's not playing, he's gambling. 
Yeah. Right? There's all these stories like oh, he's gambling. He's gambling on anything. It could be the it could be the most ridiculous <clears throat> childhood game, or it could be cards. It could be golf. What, but was, that, what is that gambling? last dance when he's doing the quarters yes, with, with the, the security guy. guard? Yes, exactly. Because all he's doing is he's just working his competitive sickness. Yeah. It's a sickness, and, and the reason it's a sickness is because you will choose that competition, whatever it may be, over sometimes family, over loved ones over other things that some would prioritize or should say matter uh, more than that. No, Michael Jordan, and Kobe always said this, so I love the Kobe quote from back in the day. He says, I'm not a great friend, and I know that because I don't have time to be one. He said, "If I'm a great teammate. If you want to come work out with me and you want to come watch film with me and, and, all, and you know get in the weight room with me, yeah. you can hang out with me all day long because I'm in there four, five, six hours a day. But friends want to go to dinner. And they want to go have drinks. Yeah. And they want to hang out and get to know. He said, that's fine. That's, that's great. That's what you should do in life. Those are things that matter. But he said, I, when I get done with my family and I get done with devoting nine, ten hours a day to being the best basketball player on the planet, whether it be two a days and shooting 300, 400 shots and then practice and weight room and then running and all this kind of stuff. He said, I don't have enough time. To go to dinner with friends and go to drinks with them and go to the club with them. I got time to, to, to devote myself to being the best on the planet, which is working out, cultivating my craft, and taking care of my body. And then I got a family. He said, so I'm a, he said, I'm a bad friend. He yeah. said, I'll always be a bad friend because I, I don't have time for the friendship. You either fall in two categories. You're a teammate or you're family. He said, and that's really all I got time for. And it was, it was a, that's the competitive sickness in a nutshell. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. It's like, no, 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 man. That's all that matters. And he has basically narrowed it down where I, my family suffers a lot, but I, I, I got to prioritize them to some extent, which means friends, I can't have a social circle. No social circle for me. It's just family and it's just ball. Yeah. And for Michael Jordan, I think you, you, it's only 24 hours in a day. You, you, can only, man, you can only devote so much time to family, to your craft, to your job, it's only 24 hours. You got to sleep for like six to eight of them. Hell, guys like Tom Brady sleep for 10, 10 hours a day. There's only 14 to divide up between working out, going to practice. It, it's hard to be what everybody else expects you to be in that time span. And I think for Giselle, he couldn't do that. He yeah. couldn't do it. He's like, I can't do that and also be the best. It's tough. Yeah. And you won't, I can't, I can't give what you no, want. And we can say, look at last year, <laughs> him, him going, I'm retiring. And then he gets mad because Schefter reports in. So he's like, oh, man, I'm a competitive. Now I want to – I lost that. I don't lost the last thing I did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't want to do that. And then he goes – so he goes back to him and him calls him up and goes, are you sure? Are you sure? You really – you sure? You sure And he goes, this? well, I'm not playing for Bruce Arians. He goes, cool, he's out. He's like, oh, come on, man. I'm trying to quit. No, it hey, is. Hey, man, I can't go out drinking tonight, man. I don't got no money. Don't worry, I bought you drinks. Hey, man, man, I can't go out drinking, though. My car won't start. I'll pick you up. Man, that is I'm true. trying to quit drinking. He tried to get out of it, and they kept people kept giving him what he wanted. Help Miami almost let him be Jackie Boone. Yeah, they almost let him bring in Sean Payton, be a owner slash coach. He, you're right. He kept making the most absurd demands, and I was like, "Whatever you want, Tom." And he's like, "Really? Yeah, whatever hey man, you want." I'm Tom. Coming in on Tuesday. All right. What? <laughs> He's right. Hey, I'm going to my ex, my ex owner's uh, wedding. Cool, whatever you want, Tom. Damn hey, it! Hey, man, is it training camp? I gotta go to the beach. Whatever. You're right. That's a great point, man. Everybody enabling his behavior. Everybody yes. kept enabling him. As an addictive, he's an addict. They kept enabling his addictive behavior, man. You're right about that. But there's no question his competitive sickness, like MJ's competitive sickness, it led them to being the goat. They wouldn't be the goat if they weren't willing to make those sacrifices that others just aren't willing to make. The TB12 diet? Are you serious? 
You know what I'm going to do next segment? For Hard Knock Life, we're going to pull up the TB12 diet. I'm gonna, we're going to pull up oh. the TB12 diet and talk about what Tom Brady's been eating the most of his adult life. All Gross. right. Gross. Just, it, exactly. <laughs> no other human being wants to do that. It's like, that's what it takes to be the best, to never have chicken wings, to never be able to have a, to not even have a beer most of the year. You got to have like one or two beers a, a year or a season. That's what Tom Brady does. When your ice cream has terrible flavors. Oh, avocado ice cream. Oh, oh come on, man. No fried chicken. No fried foods at all. Nothing fried. I don't think he has anything fried. No fried. I'm out. I'm out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and for no that reason, I'm out. <laughs> uh, but no, man, there's no doubt. Uh, let me just read a couple of records real quick, and we'll, we'll obviously pick up this discussion on the other side. Uh, greatest of all time, ranks number one in NFL history in completions, pass attempts, yards, passing touchdowns, starts, QB wins, Pro Bowl nods, and Super Bowl MVPs with five. And by the way, he led the NFL in passing touchdowns in 02, 07, 2010, 2015 and 2021. Last year. Oh, not last year. Two years ago, technically. It's 2023. But last season, the season prior to this one, he led the NFL in touchdown passes and in passing yards in 2021. At what, 40? Was he, was he 45 now? Yeah. He, For, but, 44, 43, whatever man, it was. He could have walked away on, like, so close to on top. Yeah, he could have rode off to the sunset, John Elway style. And now he's. Limping. <laughs> hey, you know what? I re- honestly, I respect it because he's more like me. Once again, he's more like, like I, said, I got a lot of things in common with Tom Brady, I believe, because he's more like me and every other player who played the game. You don't get done with the game. The game gets done with you. Yep. The game will let you know when it's done with you, because just like Tom Brady, it's my first love. And the game doesn't always love you back. Just like a lot of bad relationships. Elsie, to- football is a toxic relationship for most people when they fall in love with it. Because you fall in love with it, the game doesn't love you back. It's brutal. It's dangerous, which makes it very fun, sexy. <laughs> you get a lot of praise for well, it. I mean, Michael Jordan, <laughs> Michael Jordan, his entire last run with a team is forgettable. The entire Washington thing is yeah. a bust. And then, or you look at Kobe and you're like, if you take away that last game, his last like two or three seasons weren't very good. Like he was constantly hurt, and he was yeah. trying to get out there and play. But he was, you know, but that team just wasn't very good. It's, it's, but the, it was eventually got to the point. The, the fairy tale ending is that's the exception, not the rule. Yeah, the rule is Father Time has his way with you, right, but, and then when Father Time is done with you, the also the game decides they are moving on past you. The beauty of Tom Brady is we watched him give the middle finger to Father Time. Yeah. And unlike anybody we've ever seen in football, in the, in, in, the, in the toughest sport, to give the middle finger to Father Time, Tom Brady did it. And that is tough. And he did it because you know, he don't eat fried foods or <laughs> any caffeine or anything else. Uh, you know who railed up into the sunset? The Admiral. The Admiral did it. Won yeah. a championship yeah, and walked away. It. Yeah, it's rare, man. <laughs> Tim Duncan didn't do it, right? No. No. Timmy couldn't do it. It's because no. because you at that at that peak, it at that peak of emotional ecstasy. Can you even think about? Now nah, I'm done with. It. Even Aaron Donald couldn't do it. He tried to do it. He's like, nah, no. going back for it. It's just it's it's just too many good vibes and positivity yeah. flowing to do it at the time. And most people fall for. You know what? Let's do it again. Let's yeah, run it gotta, back. Let's you got to be back. you got to be already like two years past where you should have retired, and then like win a title and be like, all right, cool. Yeah, that's why I can't wait to see how LeBron does it. Because LeBron. 
is oh, a problem. Unless something changes, it and is a he's not going. But he's playing at a high level still. Yeah, you see, he is you still see playing. The, you see the the you know, the play drop off. He's playing high level, but he ain't winning no championship. No, that ain't happening. <laughs> and he is crying a lot. He is crying a lot, but he's about to break a lot of records too. He is. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll uh, got hard knock life on the side. Hard is not here, so we will continue the conversation about NFL headlines. We'll talk about the TV twelve diet. What the hell is it? We'll also get into Sean Payton's uh, new head coaching uh, job with the Denver Broncos. Can he turn around the Russell Wilson disaster? We'll talk about it when we come back. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful the horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of you, I'm going to speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Uh, usually, Harsh Knock Life would have my man uh, Mike Harsh doing his thing, but he's at home safe and sound with the family. Hope you are there as well. Um, if you are on the roads, please make sure that you are at uh, trying to be as safe as possible on those roads and drive slow. Please drive slow. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, Tom Brady's TV 12 died a little bit. One of the things I was talking about, I talk about with Tom Brady is, you know, in 20, 30, 40 years, how are we remembering Tom Brady? And my vision is that Tom Brady in 30, 40 years, we know he's going to do analyst work well, for Fox. Um, so he's going to be working with their games. Um, but in the future, I, I want to say that Tom Brady would like for part of his legacy to be about his TB12 method and his TB12, really the whole TB12 movement. Because people don't know that, that Tom Brady's TB12 Movement consists of the diet, the TB12 diet. He's got TB12 uh, books, fitness, health, and wellness books. He's got um, a TB12 clinics as well. And I think at one point it's possible we could remember Tom Brady uh, in the future when nobody knows anything about his football anymore, probably after, you know, Rod B's an old man, and um, we're, not, we're not talking about his goatness on the football field. I think the TB12 movement and the TB12 method could be a big part of how Tom Brady is remembered. I mean, keep in mind, TB12, that he, he considers that to be the secret to his success. The TB12 diet that he came up with to try to know, give it, sustain his career um, lengthen his career and also in the process give the you know the middle finger to Father Time and I think we all associate Tom Brady's brand with longevity. Man, Tom Brady he looks better than he did when he entered the NFL. He looks better now at forty five than he did at twenty five. He's actually faster. That is a fact. He's faster now than he was when he got into the NFL. Probably says more about you know, his <laughs> lack of speed when he came into the NFL. But the TB12 diet, also referred to as a Tom Brady diet, 
He says he's got, got this from Forbes Health. Mostly plant-based diet that encourages the consumption of a variety of nutritious anti-inflammatory foods. However, it is a relatively restrictive and expensive diet for kind of everyday Americans. Mostly plant-based organic diet plan designed to reduce inflammation and enhance recovery encourages other habits that support a healthy overall lifestyle. And when I started looking at potential uh, like restrictions, these are the things that the TB12 diet frowns upon. Alcohol, breakfast cereals, condiments, those high in salt, sugar, artificial ingredients. Yeah, that's damn near every condiment <laughs> on the planet. Caffeine, uh, foods that contain, contain uh, GMOs, genetically modified organisms, uh, trans fats, anything with high fructose corn syrup, uh, fruit juices, uh, cooking oils, including corn, uh, safflower, canola oil, and soy oil. Yep, so that's your fried foods right there. None of that. Frozen meals, salty snacks, such as chips and crackers um, and pretzels, sugary snacks like cookies and cakes and candies, um, no uh, sugar-sweetened beverages like soda or sports drinks or fruit punch, uh, refined carbohydrates such as white pasta, none of that, no white bread, um, no butter, no cheese, no milk, and uh, processed meats such as pepperoni, ham, and hot dogs. So we frown upon those things. And the diet also includes the following you got to stop eating when you're 75% full to enhance digestion. Fuel your workout by drinking a high-fat, high-protein, high-calorie smoothie before you exercise. Limit your caffeine intake to one cup of coffee per day. Make dinner your smallest meal of the day. Avoid eating large meals a few hours before bedtime. Drink 20 fluid ounces of water with electrolytes first thing in the morning. Actually, I don't drink with electrolytes, but I do drink a lot of water in the morning. Uh, so here's, a, here's one day of a TB12 diet for you. All right, just a, an example of it. A ten, uh, for breakfast, pre-breakfast, sorry, pre-breakfast. 10 ounce glass of water mixed with electrolytes. For breakfast, two scrambled eggs, two strips of turkey bacon, and a half a slice of avocado. For a snack, you got a protein bar and one banana. For lunch, one cup of Southwest, uh, some Southwest quinoa salad. Uh, oh, that sounds disgusting. Uh, dinner, four ounce filet, baked or poached salmon. One cup of steamed broccoli, Three ounces of mixed greens dressed with extra virgin olive oil. Most of y'all can do that for like a week. Uh, I also be disgusted with it. it, it all those portions <laughs> sound seem so small. They are small. They seem very small for him. They, for everybody, they're small. Yeah, oh. that's how Tom Brady stays so slim and trim. All right, uh, but my point is, you know, that is for some that seems extreme. All right, is definitely unorthodox, but it's it's a proven method. He himself proved it. By playing till 45 and having the, the, the longevity, all right, of playing essentially through three different, like three decades of like, basically he, he had a Hall of Fame career in his 20s, Hall of Fame career in his 30s and a Hall of Fame career in his 40s. So it, in the early 2000s, 2010s and even in the 2020s, the guys had a Hall of Fame careers at all those in three different decades. He has proven that his TB12 rec uh, method works. So I think our kids, 
Um, and maybe our, our, our kids, when they're old in the future, and people are still talking about Tom Brady, and they're not necessarily talking about the specifics of his legacy on the field and accolades and what he won and all that, because it's well established. He's the GOAT. He's, my, he's MJ status at that point. And what has MJ become? Well, MJ is bigger than a game of basketball now, right? MJ has become a pop culture brand synonymous with greatness, and he is the GOAT. And for Tom Brady, I think his TB12 method may end up being part of like uh, Jordan's Jumpman brand or, you know, kind of how MJ's turned himself into a mogul in 20, 30 years. He could be a Brady, could be a combination of a Richard Simmons and a Tony Robbins. Most people don't know the health and wellness industry is like a four, just like a trillion, four trillion dollar industry worldwide. You go look at the fitness industry. uh, I mean, it's talking about a 90 billion dollar industry worldwide. There's a lot of money in it. And Tom Brady's got one of the <laughs> the most respected and the most uh, revered and adored um, careers in the history of sports at any level. And I'm telling you, at one point when he's done and he can focus on TB12, and now that him him and uh, Giselle aren't together anymore, I don't know if that athleisure, because remember there's a clothing part of TB12 too. There's a clothing brand that TB12 associated with well that you can buy athleisure. And I believe Giselle was she was the head of the clothing department with apparel and accessories and all those types of things. I don't know if that's still going to happen with her and her fashion connections and her fashion sense being the brains behind the athleisure part of TB12. But I'm telling you, you're going to start seeing it more and more TB12. He's, and I think that's going to be a part of Tom Brady's legacy, too, because the way he pumps TB12 is he's a walking, talking billboard. <laughs> he played football at 45 years old, balling out of control because of TB12. And when he starts preaching the gospel of TB12, you're going to start seeing more of his clinics and his cookbooks and his, uh, you know, different diets and stuff all over the place. Guarantee it. I'm just calling Black Shadams is calling this shot right now. They do need to figure out. They need to get some better <laughs> names for these things that they're trying to make combine words. They just they're all so long. What like athleisure? Well, that's 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 a word that I I have used. That that's not their official. Okay, word. that's but, me randomly coming up with a word. But and then yeah. it's because <laughs> on the on the website they refer to his diet as commonsensical. There you go. There you go. See, exactly. Well, I, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> are you on the? Are you on the website? Now? Yeah, they refer to commonsensical <laughs> diets. Like they say, it's a common sense diet, man. You could just. You say don't that. have to put in quotes a fake word. <laughs> you can make up. Hey, making up words is good. All right, it helps they didn't you make up words. Politicians they do it just all the combined time. too. It was all of common <laughs> and all of sensical. Dude, Jesse Jackson was making up words for years. All right, you can do it. As long as it sounds about right, nobody questions it. Nobody questions it. Do you think they tried to shorten it? It just came out as comical, and they were like. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm telling you, man, I know people don't talk about the TB12 thing. And now that he's officially done, he's going to start pumping it, uh, put money on it. You're going to start seeing the TB12 thing because he knows the um, really the potential of it. Like I said, between the athletic wear, the clinics, the, the books, the diets, all that kind of stuff. That's how your kids and your kids' kids may ultimately know about Tom Brady. It may not have anything to do with Tom Brady, the GOAT, the athlete. They may be talking about Tom Brady in the same way, you know, hell, people are talking about MJ. Well, they don't know about MJ on the court. They know about MJ, the shoes, the Jordans.
Yeah. That's all kids like, oh, the Jordans. Oh, oh Jordan. the owner of the Hornets? The owner of the Hornets, yeah. <laughs> they don't know about MJ, the the goat who uh, carved your heart out with a spoon on a basketball court. They don't know that guy. And our kids' kids ain't going to know Tom Brady that way either. But they don't know about TB12. They'll be like, oh, the TB12 dude. Yeah, that's Tom Brady. I know it's going to sound freaky, but it's going to happen. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into a little off the record on the other side. And also, we'll get back to NFL news notes and nuggets as well. But off the record, on the other side, strange, strange story Coming from Arian Foster. I don't know what to think of this story. I don't know if they're they're trolling us. I don't know if it's a practical joke. Maybe it is. But if it's not a practical joke, I need my man Arian Foster to uh, go get some help. I need him to go see somebody. We'll talk about that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful Nine Horns. DD Mega Doo Doo. I'm sorry. Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well I don't get a brain bag comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. A couple of random stories I uh, just want to get to here for uh, off the record. Okay, so Valentine's Day is coming up. This is a great reminder for men out there. Valentine's Day is coming up. If you are in a relationship of any kind, committed or not, whatever, dating, friends with benefits, maybe you can get away with it. If you're in a relationship of any kind, you need to do something for Valentine's Day. And because Valentine's Day usually falls right after the Super Bowl, it's almost perfect. It, it, it's almost fitting. It's, it's symbolic that women will get their, their men back. <laughs> or people will get their, if you're, you're in a relationship with a person who is a football fan, you'll get them back for the rest of the year until next football season. Um, and Valentine's Day is kind of the, you know, the benchmark there. All right. <laughs> of the end of football season and the beginning of you now starting to pay more attention to your significant other. So Valentine's Day is coming up. Don't forget about it, guys. All right. Don't do that. You still got to get something. Even if she says she's not into it. I got a wife who's not into Valentine's Day. Still got to get a sum. It can just be something small. Got to get her something. Yeah, and, and don't fall for the trick. Uh, if no. she's like really, really all into letting you do anything for the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's because she knows Tuesday's coming. She knows. Oh, yeah, they, they all know. Ladies know. They saw that like, oh, yeah, the Super Bowl, have it. Yeah, get it out. Get out Wasn't your it system. like last year or the year before that it was like the same day or the or the same weekend or something? It, it Usually it's really close. Because, like, I mean, it's, usually it's, within it's a few Sunday days. is the Super Bowl, Tuesday yeah, it's the really 14th. Close. So the 12th is yeah. the Super Bowl, 14th is Valentine's Day. Exactly. But I know there was one where it hit like no, you're right. almost at a, and it was just like every guy was like, well, I don't know if I can show up at the party, man. I don't know. That's the thing. Oh, you definitely can't. No, hell no. <laughs> Valentine's Day, you know how it goes, man. That is a very lopsided holiday, and we know whose side it's lopsided for. Uh, but anyway, this Valentine's Day coming up, there's a San Antonio tradition. It's become, because I've read this story before. They're offering a special Valentine's Day greeting for exes, all right, who... Um, Essentially have a problem with their ex-significant other. So with just $10, the zoo is going to allow you to name a cockroach at the zoo after your ex. Then they're going to feed it to an animal of your choosing. 
whatever the animal is that likes those cockroaches, I guess. And every animal likes cockroaches, I imagine. The annual Cry Me a Cockroach fundraiser, see, I knew it was an annual thing, will support the zoo's vision of securing a future for wildlife in Texas and around the world in San Antonio's uh, San Antonio Zoo, said on their website. So uh, basically it'll cost you, say you can choose not just bugs, you can choose also a vegetable for $5 or a rodent for $25. Man, oh, so you can choose anything. You can, choose, you can choose any type of animal to be fed. You can choose between the types of food. You can either choose an insect, you can choose a vegetable or a rodent, and then you can name that specific item that will be fed to a member of the San Antonio Zoo. There you go. You hate any of your exes that much? No. I don't either. No. I, I, I do know that uh, Do you, any of your exes hate you that much? I don't think so. You don't think I, so. I don't talk to them anymore, so who knows? There you go. Maybe <laughs> I you. do know that Valentine's Day is a great day uh, to go out to bars if you're single, and then all you got to do is listen to someone tell you about how bad their ex is for a couple hours, and you're pretty much a sealed deal. Oh, uh, yeah. really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because it's like revenge sex, but on flipped around. Wow. And you're just you're the vessel. You that's are the great. vessel of their hatred. I would love to be the vessel of hatred. If that's <laughs> if that's what the vessel of hatred is. Yeah, yeah. that is a Hate just old old thing I knew when I, and I learned it on accident. That is but fantastic. it was uh, when I used to be at bars pretty much every night. Wow, it was one of those things on Valentine's Day, and you see girls, they'd be super mad because they'd be like, "This guy broke up with me like two weeks ago." Because he knew Valentine's and Day he was, was coming. Like, he was like, "Look, we did Christmas. I'm good. That one didn't go well." I'm yeah, out. That's true. You got you met the family then. You're like, this is not yeah, good. It's like, like get, get out. The hell out of they this get thing. out before Valentine's Day. They're mad. That's true. Yeah. Ah, that's a great point, though. You're right. You don't want to be in a casual relationship on Valentine's Day. No. Valentine's Day is for people who are committed. If you ain't committed, you better get the hell out of Dodge. Oh, yeah. And Valentine's if you're and it's new, and then you got to go through the whole <laughs> thing of like a birthday when you first start dating somebody. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, do I get her the thing with the heart on it? Or is that too much? <laughs> is it the yeah. bear? Or what's. I can't get that says I love you. Can't get that. No, no. As you got to you got to really guess out where you're at in the relationship. It's a gesture, man, to yeah. do something on Valentine's Day. You gotta, you gotta be careful. Yeah, yeah. I would say if the best case scenario, if you are in a casual relationship on Valentine's Day or around Valentine's Day, is try a casual date, but not on the night of Valentine's Day. Do it sometime during the day, and then you can have the nighttime as y'all's little... Yeah, and I go I go flowers, but day not day. roses. This is true. You can do it. Go you that do like says, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something mm -hmm. that's a little less... Don't do carnations. Yeah. Because ladies don't like carnations by themselves. They don't like that. I learned that from Sex in the City. I think. <laughs> I'm serious. I think I learned from Sex in the City. It's like a whole like, episode about this dude who brought carnations. He's like, and I was hating on carnations. Like, you going to do carnations? Just do the roses. Oh, we want to play this. Aaron Foster, I tease this. So everybody thinks the NFL is rigged now because over the weekend, you know, the Kansas City-Cincinnati game, people were talking about how everything was rigged. So I think Aaron Foster is having some fun with the people who want to truly – who not just want to be on the grassy knoll. I, I step on the grassy knoll every now and then. Some of y'all live on that grassy knoll. Everything is a conspiracy theory. I believe he's trolling those who have uh, decided that the NFL is rigged and that everything is already predetermined. Here is Aaron Foster, once again, feeding the uh, controversy and feeding the conspiracy theorists out there. It's funny, before we start taping, uh, Arian was telling me about how the NFL is rigged and how every year he used to get a script. 
yeah. day one of training camp that would mm-hmm. get dropped off at his locker. Mm-hmm. And you would have to, you know, it was like week one, you'll do this. Week two, you're going to have a hamstring injury. Week three, this is going to happen. Yeah. Week four, you're going to get three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And so then you just have to, did you memorize those before the season started? Or would you go and rehearse the script before every game? I uh, was really dedicated to it. So it was more so like, um, that's what practice was about. It was about practicing the script. Like this is what goes on and this is what we have to do mm-hmm. in order to, yeah. And this referee is going to miss this call. Yeah, because they hate you yeah. and they love the Colts, yeah, that sort like, of thing. Uh, WWF, so it's like, you yeah, know, we know what's going to happen, but you still got to put on a show. Yeah. What did yeah. you think when you got the script in 2016 that said your career was going to fall off a cliff when you stopped believing in God? That was 2015. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't know what to say this for people that believe the NFL is rigged. I, I love the conspiracy theory, too. I'm out there on the grass, you know. I would say it's rigged. If you were to say that a, a rogue official has got something going on, that's I, I'm gonna get there with you, but I believe he's having some fun with the people that have been talking about the NFL being rigged the entire playoffs. And there is a there's a group they truly believe that there's it, a, a sinister. I, uh, my favorite is in that Chiefs game where they're like that third down. That was ours. and I'm like, do you remember when Zach Taylor was gonna challenge a play and they just walked out? And we're like, oh, we're gonna challenge it. We blew that call. I do remember that. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. it went both ways. Like that it was just yeah, there was there was points in it where it was just like, yeah, the fishing crew maybe not be on top of it. But they're actually calling it right. They're just not doing it on time. And and, and, and by the way, good point, but in in, in incomp- incompetent officiating or inept officiating, you know, it doesn't always necessarily mean it's something sinister or duplicitous. They're just yeah. bad at their job. <laughs> Number one rule of conspiracy theory is how many people have to keep it a secret. <laughs> and uh, if uh, if we know some of the people that would have to keep this a secret, oh, uh, there's fair. no way. That's fair. And I mean, even just said officials, officials want to write books when they retire. These yeah. guys want to be famous when they retire, so they would all spill the beans immediately. <laughs> I know. No, we're waiting on the NFL's Tim Donaghy. That's basically what they need. Yeah, but Tim Donaghy's full of BS too. Like, uh, there's funny. There's documentaries. There's documentaries that explain how everything works, and there's ones that he has done. And his ones were like, they put us in a room and threatened our lives. And I was like, nope, that did not happen. <laughs> that was his friend from high school that came in. It was, and his friend from high school came in and told him, hey, we can't do that anymore. The heat's getting pretty tough. And then he went and got another guy to keep doing it. Who tipped down again? Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's like, funny. If you read, if you go into that, there's all this false narrative he has put out now. It's hilarious. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's basically the only time that, you know, the – the uh, it's rigged crowd has gotten some substantial evidence. Yes, is ten the Sacramento history. Kings fans. It's <laughs> pretty much. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll get into. We got to go back actually and get into this Cowboys report that Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy weren't getting along at the time of uh, his departure. We'll get into that. Also, the Texans looking for OC candidates for their vacancy at offensive coordinator. We'll talk about that as well. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on One Hundred Four Nine The Horn.